Broadcasting straight from Big Rock Candy Mountain. I'm Zachary Lehman. I am Taylor Berryman. How can people find you, Taylor? You can find me on Instagram as the underscore poptimist or find me wherever fine podcasts are streamed. I'm the host of The Poptimist with Taylor Berryman. Find me on Spotify. Very controversial to talk about these days. Yeah, are you threatening to pull your stuff from Spotify? Um, yeah, I'm thinking about it. If yeah. uh, I'm, I'm threatening to pull my music too. Um, yeah, I'm, th- I'm threatening. You, you and Neil Young and all the old hippies. Yeah. All the old hippies, you're all going to make a stand. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making a stand. Uh, basically, if they allow Joe Rogan to to continue to stay on their platform, I'm going to pull it, but not for the same reasons as everybody else. It's because <laughs> I want him to leave Spotify. Oh, no, it's the reverse. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm reverse protesting. I agree, I agree with Neil Young in spirit. I like that. Everybody loves Neil Young. He's just an obnoxious baby boomer. Yeah. You know how he'd be. Yeah. You know how Neil Young be. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at writing Lehman, uh, Zachary Lehman on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, this week we invited back on a guest for what is our season two finale. Yes. Uh, Dallas Sonia. Yep. We invited on an old friend. He was on the show before uh, to promote run, hide fight, which we talked about, which we loved. And we love a lot of other, Dallas movies as well. Obviously, we've talked about Bone Tomahawk, Dragged Across Concrete, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, he came on to talk about a new movie he has coming out this week. Uh, it's Well, it's premiering on YouTube. Everyone can watch it on YouTube this Thursday, February 10th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Uh, it's premiering, plus some trailers to some new stuff uh, Dallas and Daily Wire are up to, one of which is like a hard R Western with Gita Carano and Nick Searcy, so I'm sure that's going to be good. Tear, uh, Terror on the Prairie. Terror on the Prairie, yep. So anyone can watch it on Thursday night, and then afterwards, uh, their new movie, Shut In, will be, uh, yeah, because it's premiering Thursday night, and then after that, if you're a Daily Wire subscriber, uh, you can watch it. Yes, I'm a Daily Wire subscriber. <laughs> Not that I'm huge, uh, you know, I, I appreciate their news, but I, I got it for Run, Hide, Fight, which we talked about. And I've kept it this whole time because they do have good stuff. Adam Carolla has a show on there. Yeah, Jay yeah, Leno was just man. on. So there's some interesting stuff. But anyway, so Shut In, uh, which uh, I happened to watch before, uh, before, you know, I have some perks. We have some perks. So got to watch Shut In early. It brought back... Not only one of my favorite actors, uh, one of my favorite filmmakers, one of my favorite people, uh, somebody who I would definitely say was, you know, when you're a young artist and you're lost and you're trying to figure out what direction you're going in life. I can definitely name like a handful of artists I looked at. You know, a lot of people can read, you know, if you're a writer, you can get caught reading like, you know, Hemingway and all these long dead authors, which they inspire you in some ways. But seeing someone... uh, sort of living out some version of what you want and showing that it's a reality is pretty huge. And then just, you know, people who make art that speaks to you at that age means a lot to you. And that's how Vincent Gallo was to me, bud. Buffalo 66, oh, yeah. the brown bunny. Uh, I, I, I hold that man near and dear to my heart. I, I really never thought he was ever going to come back because uh, he retired in 2013, I believe. But he had kind of retired before that because he – so he, for those who don't know, he directed – he is very much a man of science, man of faith figure. He's someone I'm sure we'll discuss more on a future episode. But uh, people primarily know him for writing and directing two films, Buffalo 66, which is one of the greatest films ever made in the 90s. It's it's brilliant. It's It spoke to me at a, at a very young age. It's, it's an amazing film. And then The Brown Bunny, which everyone knows uh, for having a – infamous unedited blowjob scene 
and I will say I, I watched that when I was younger and I didn't quite get it, but I liked it. I was like, this is very weird and strange. The blowjob, the idea of giving one. No, the no, the, the movie itself, the movie itself. But uh, that one's really grown on me over the years. And I would say now it's one of my absolute favorite films. And you can appreciate it as a work of art because it's a beautiful work of art that kind of celebrates like America and relationships and sort of ambition, but also sort of the the, the heartbreak of all those things mixed into one giant storm. And uh, anyway, the but the other thing you can appreciate about it is it's kind of the ultimate troll movie in that it trolls so much it goes like it almost does like a 360 where it makes it back to the original troll and it's like the troll happened you didn't even notice. Because the blowjob scene everyone talks about, it's if you watch it in the context of the film, it is heartbreaking, sad, tragic. It's everything you don't want a blowjob to be. And yet the scene by itself obviously was how, you know, it stirred up all this controversy. And one of the things Vincent Gallo kind of alluded to was that he basically took what out of context is a pornographic scene and then he provided all the human context around it. And that's when all the heartbreak comes in, the complications of life. So it ends up being like just kind of part of this story. And it's an amazing film, both masterpieces. Anyway, Vince Gallo after this did a third film that he directed and he starred in. It was even more experimental, never released it, basically released a statement saying, fuck you. You all fucked me over on Brown Bunny. I, I don't want to release Promises it to the Promises in Water? Is that what it's called? Promises Written in Water. Uh, which he kind of said he's just keeping to himself. He showed it at a few film festivals uh, out of a promise to Sage Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's son, who's in the film, uh, but he passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago. Anyway, so he disappeared, and then he disappeared from acting too, disappeared from public life. He pops up every now and then to just be like, you know, hey, I'm Vincent Gallo, and I ain't dead yet, and then he just sort of runs off. Well, we're both a big fan of his Instagram. He has been on Instagram recently. Go follow him. Yeah, he's a great follow. He's pure trolling. He's a great account to follow. And there's one person he is following. Who's he following? You know who it is. Who's he following? Donnie T, his <laughs> landlord. He is, yeah, yeah, because he moved into Trump Tower a few uh, few years ago, but apparently now is living in Arizona. Yeah. And uh, we've heard rumors about what he's up to in Arizona, but who knows? <laughs> I think he's just being Vincent Gallo. Anyway, he's an amazing artist, and he's back in Shut In. That was kind of the big news of this movie. And uh, again, I watched Shut In. It was fantastic. I mean, I loved Run, Hide, Fight, and I loved Shut In too, and I liked that with Shut In – because Run, Hide, Fight was a big concept, but they obviously didn't produce it at Daily Wire. They picked it up. It was a big concept. I'm glad they didn't go big with the next one. They went very small because this is a very contained thriller. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes. I think Dallas said they made it for like $2 bucks. They shot it here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee in 30 days or something. And the film basically follows uh, a single mother, uh, Rainy Qualley, I think her name is. She's actually the sister of... I think one of the girls in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, really? I believe so. Her her sister Margaret Qualley is a was she the the girl that was the uh, the ticket taker? I think no, no, no. I think she was the uh, Brad Pitt's uh, hippie girlfriend for about two seconds. Oh, one I of be- the Manson I, girls. Yeah, I believe that's Margaret Qualley. If I'm wrong, she's also an actress. But anyway, Rainy Qualley plays a, a single mother. I'll look that up in a second. Rainy Qualley plays a single mother, and she's in this house, uh, this house in the middle of nowhere. It's her, I believe, her mother's house or her grandma's house. She got it through an inheritance, and she's sort of cleaning it out with her two kids. We find out she is uh, an ex drug addict. She just got out of rehab. And then two people show up that she really doesn't want to see. One, her ex 
boyfriend, her baby daddy, who is still a drug addict, and Vincent Gallo, who when he comes in, he fucking owns the screen. And there's, I think, you know, we're, we're going to play the, the interview after this, but uh, Dallas mentioned, I think FaceTime, like camera on Vinny Gallo, it might amount to, I think he said it might amount to five minutes. He's in the entire movie, but there's whole sections where it's just his voice or you can kind of see his face. Or the beginning is really creepy because there's these con- – it all take, takes place in this one house. It's directed by G- DJ Caruso who did Disturbia. Love Disturbia. So he's really good at like confined spaces because the film shot really well. Sometimes there's like an overhead shot. He knows how to make the rooms feel really big. But one of the ways he does that is there's entire scenes where Rainy Qualley will be talking to – I believe it's uh, Jake Hamilton who plays uh, her baby daddy, something like that. Let me get his – Jake Hurwitz plays her baby daddy. There's entire scenes where they're talking and Vincent Gallo is in the background just pacing. He'll sit on a chair. He'll put his head between his legs and it builds tension, but it's completely performative. It's tension that's built strictly out of the fact that they got this amazing actor to play this character. Well, his performance is felt. Yeah. And, you know, Dallas will talk more about, you know, how in-depth – uh, Vinny Gallo goes, but he's great. Rainy Quali's great. The whole cast is great. It's just a strong, contained thriller written by Melanie Toast. Uh, let me double check that too, because I don't want to get her name wrong. Because he also said, you know, they adapted it basically word for word from her script. Melanie Toast, and then like I said, DJ Caruso. Who it's interesting to see this sort of Daily Wire thing where people are so dismissive of it because they're like, it's Ben Shapiro and it's conservatives and it's this. It's like, who the fuck knows the politics of the people on the the board of Disney? You know what I mean? We're yeah. not discussing that. It's like, I don't give a shit if I disagree with uh, Ben Shapiro on some things and, and agree with him on others. Like, if he's making movies and I like them, then great. And they have no politics in them. I would say there's even this movie, there's even a running theme, a bit of a running theme uh, with religion, but the way it plays out, I, and I was curious when I talked to Dallas, I actually wanted to know if that was put in by Daily Wire. But it felt so natural to the script. I'm like, it doesn't feel like it was. And he confirmed it wasn't. It was something very natural to the script. Again, so I love these. These feel like just a continuation of what Dallas was already doing before Daily Wire. There's no real politics. Maybe you could say you can tell they sort of maybe appeal more to a right-leaning brain. But – not in a lot of ways, because again, they're hard R. They're, I mean, this movie's dealing with drug addiction and Vinnie Gallo, the character he plays, you know, Dallas was talking about, um, you know, a lot of uh, studios were interested in this movie and they said, we can't have this character because he is way too dark. And I will say the character is, he is one of the darkest characters I've seen in a movie. So it's pretty crazy that, you know, Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire was the place that was like, Psh, yeah. This is the guy we want. And so you you add, I mean, because I should mention the character's a child molester. Uh, very open about it, too. <laughs> and um, and it's not played for, you know, ridiculous laughs or like like Vinny Gallo commits and you're like, oh, there aren't many actors who would uh, be willing to go there. But everyone else is great, too. Rainy Qualley. And I love that, again, it's just a contained hour and 20-minute thriller they managed to put in a real story. They managed to, to, to have some real character arcs, to do some real interesting things in a world where it's like, you know, you can't even, now it's, a, you know, you have a show that's 10 hours long. You know, you have to watch a miniseries that's 10 hours long. But if it's successful enough, then you got to watch another 10 hours the next year. It's nice to have a nice throwback like this. It's just a great little thriller. 
And uh, anyway, we're going to talk to Dallas next. Yeah. Here's our interview with Dallas from Bonfire Legend and Daily Wire. Yes, Dallas Sonia. So let's jump into it. Yeah, how the fuck did you get Vincent Gallo? Because he hasn't been in a film since, I believe, 2013. Right. He made that announcement. He directed a movie. He was like, none of you are going to see this. He was out, and you pulled him back in, just like Al Pacino. How'd you pull that off? Well, I I worked with the Clinton Foundation. We have the (laughs) the Gallo dossier uh, from Moscow. And so uh, that's how we got him in the movie. Perfect. No, I... uh, I, I had met him on Bone Tomahawk, uh, believe it or not, for the David Arquette role. Whoa. Uh, and, okay. and, and we really got close to engaging with him. And then he just got, you know, uh, other things came up in his life and he, and he sort of moved on without us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I uh, was casting Shut In. We got Rainey and Jake, the two sort of, you know, the, the couple in the movie. And we really needed the villain. So I started to make offers to many actors that you would expect me to make offers to for a role like that. And they all declined for whatever reason. Daily Wire, I'm too controversial. Right. Uh, the role, but mostly it was the role, right? The role it's is a dark just, role. It's so dark. Yeah. And I remembered my casting director and I were going back and forth. Uh, he's the best in the business, David Guglielmo. And um, he and I were going back back and forth and, and, and he brought up Vincent Gallo. And I was like, oh my gosh, I still have his number. And so I just cold called him and he answered. And he was mad at me for calling. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but I, you know. I reminded him uh, who I was. He had watched some of my movies. He had followed the career and he was very excited about what we were doing with Daily Wire. That said, I needed him to get on a plane and prepared for a role in seven days, right? Wow. And it was was not cool (laughs) of us to ask that of him. But he said, okay, I'll read the script and, you know, let's make sure we can work out a deal. We talked about some parameters. He read the script. He loved it. He said, uh, if you do these things, uh, I will say yes. And these things were so wildly inappropriate. Like there's no way I could have done them except except I went and did them. Right. (laughs) And so he called. So I called him and I said, got it done, motherfucker. Get on a plane. (laughs) And and he was like, no, he was like, damn it. No. (laughs) And so. And so I, I, uh, I basically uh, finished the deal with him. He flew or he drove quickly, he lives in, in, in Arizona. He drove quickly to Los Angeles to his old dentist, had a tooth pulled for the role, a healthy tooth, um, called up Gucci, got the rights for us to use Gucci in the movie. Uh, not only that, but he had very specific like winter 1998 sneakers that he really wanted. So he had to go and like get them from the warehouse. It was a whole thing. He, he, he basically said, I'm going to show up in character and that's, and, 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 you know, you're going to get what you get right now. I trusted it. DJ Caruso and I were on the same page. We trusted this implicitly and he showed up uh, one day before shooting fully in character and uh, engaged with us, shot the role, 
now he's he's since become very friendly with me and we've we've had a lot of great conversations but in the moment he was totally in character in the role uh extremely method if that's what you call it but um it was terrific and it meant a lot to me that he did this uh it meant a lot to the movie and i think it changes the the sort of the foundational matrix of the movie both from an importance perspective uh but also from that role no one can be as scary as he is in that role. Nobody. No one could have gone there. And that no. quite a bit. I was so. I was I was gonna say too, it was the right call on the sneakers because that was one of the weirdest details that stood out to me. And I know. I, the whole time it was just this little extra scary thing. Like, why is this guy wearing these just normal sneakers? But he was oh. brilliant in it. And you answered what I was gonna ask you next, which is so he did go method. I mean, he was in character on the set. Um, he broke it a few times because rainy quality <laughs> is so charming and because we were having so much fun and he kept turning to me and saying, this is the nicest film set I've ever been on. Everyone's so nice here. Everyone's so nice. And, uh, and so, and so he would break character and, and, and admit to me how much fun he was having, but then he would go right back into like full blown Sammy method, mm-hmm. you know? But it was everything. It was it was the underwear that he's wearing. He's not even on screen, right? It's like just the whole thing. And 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 we would see him. I probably shouldn't say this. We would see him pacing the parking lot of the hotel at night in character, right? Just totally living that lifestyle. And um, I give him all the credit in the world for it. Uh, it, it was it was very meaningful. That he came and did this uh, for us. Well. Um, yeah, again, I mean, it, it paid off because even the scenes where he's just in the background and he's just pacing yeah. around or he's doing yeah. these weird movements. I mean, he builds attention just being there. Yeah. It's other level performing. I mean, I, I haven't fully counted it, but I, I imagine his actual time on screen is probably around five to five to six minutes. Max. Right. I mean, a lot of it's right. just his voice and he's yeah. still so scary yeah. in those moments. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I got to ask you, too, then, because you, you talked a little bit about bringing this movie to Daily Wire. And I, I think you said you yes. shot it here in, in Nashville. But this Correct. project's been around for a long time. I, I read that it was set up at New Line, maybe. I think yeah. I read some big names like Jason Bateman and stuff. So uh, one of my questions was, why was this the one to bring to Daily Wire? And were there any complications with bringing it there? Did anyone drop sure. out? Did anyone... Yeah. Well, the reason ultimately that I brought it to Daily Wire is because I'm all in on the Daily Wire, right? I am. Uh, I, I have, you know, taken the the same position of LeBron James taking his talents to South Beach, right? I've just, <laughs> I, I, I have, I have uh, such an affinity for what they're doing and uh, how they engage with me, and so I, I've I've really gone all in on them. So that 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 is the most simple answer. Now the complicated answer, which is a lot of fun. Um, so I, uh, uh, get an email from, uh, certain script organizations that send me like, Hey, these are the five scripts we read this week. These are the ones we really love. Most of the time I'm too busy to even read the emails, let alone the scripts. It was a really random day. I got this email right on the top was shut in by Melanie toast. And it said in the vein of, um, you know, panic room, and uh, uh, a quiet place, and I said, "Whoa, okay, that I got to read." And so I and I was really looking. I had so much fun making Sparrow Creek, the standoff at Sparrow Creek. We made that for four hundred ninety thousand dollars. 
So I really wanted to do something contained like that. That was a chamber piece that was really tight and a thrilling sort of rush to the finish line. That was also low budget. So I read it right away. The woman's screenwriter's phone number was on the cover page. I called her right then and there. And I said, hey, look, uh, uh, I want to make this. I want to make it right away. Uh, I'll pay for it. I have the money in the bank account right now. Um, I'll offer you, uh, uh, you know, I'll send you essentially your option payment now, like today in good faith. Here's what the terms will be, blah, 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 blah. We'll negotiate the deal. She said, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. She's like, you're the 10th person that's called me today about this script <laughs> because this email is very, very popular right. in Hollywood called the blacklist. So I quickly uh, took the script, uh, got it wrapped up, got it under a deal. And then I said to her, hey, by the way, just before I just write a check, right, that Sparrow Creek level check, why don't we just see what big Hollywood says about this, right? This was, you know, December 2018. And she said, great. And I love an agent too, by the way. So I sent it to CAA, WME, UTA. They all loved it. They all wanted to meet her. Uh, she ended up signing with UTA. And a couple of producer friends of mine said, hey, if you take out the Sammy character and replace him with an evil dog, I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm basically a Cujo. Right. Uh, this could be a studio spec. And I said, that is the worst idea I've ever heard, but uh, I can be bought. And so if you do two things, one, if the studio that buys it doesn't, doesn't have a, a forever to make it. And if they don't make it, I get it back free and clear, no money against it, no attachments. And also if I get paid X, right? Because I'm going to share some of that money with the writer. Okay. So we did the deal. Ended up going down to Sony and New Line, landed at New Line. Jason Bateman comes on board to direct. There's an evil dog in the movie. I'm just in these oh. meetings, sort of my, my, my soul is dying. Jason's very, very smart, very talented, very sophisticated guy. But it's just a studio system is just not for me. Um, so COVID happens in the middle of prepping the movie. He's, he's started building the sets. He's picked out the locations. He started casting. And then COVID hits and the whole thing shuts down. So a year passes and they don't do anything with the project. And I'm, I'm you know, guys, what's going on? I'm checking in. We're having calls. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to make it about this, but like every director we brought up that that uh, was a male uh, was sort of shut down in, in mm. favor for an all-female directing list. I mean, it was a mess. Um, so we ended up uh, 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 getting to the end of the option period. And the option period came up. And I had a philosophical disagreement with New Line and my producer friends about how to move it forward. And so I ended up taking the movie out of New Line. And I called uh, Daily Wire, Jeremy and uh, Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro. And I said, guys, if I, I have this huge offer from New Line to keep the movie here, $2 million, okay? $2 million. The movie stays at New Line. I don't know if it ever gets made, but I want to make this movie. So if you just promise me to make the movie 
in total for about 2 million bucks. I'll take it out of new line. I'll, I'll get rid of, I don't care about the money. All I want to do is make the movie, but you just got to promise me like no ifs, ands or buts. Like we're making it. They read the script. They called me back. They said, we thought you were crazy. You should just take the money, but we read the script and it's so good. We understand why now. And we're in. I said, great. By this time we had had the relationship, you know, from releasing run, hide, fight, uh, getting into business with Gina Carano. Uh, I had raised uh, uh, with their help uh, uh, a lot of uh, sort of film finance uh, initiatives. So we were in a really good spot together. And so we decided to make the movie. We shot it 30 days later after I called the line and said goodbye. So um, it really was a wild experience. Uh, You know, people, people are, um, uh, People wanted me to keep it at New Line, of course. You know, you get your right. first studio movie made or you get you get a studio. That's really hard to do, even for the big guns in Hollywood. But I felt strongly about it and um, I had the right to do what I did. So I did it. And you actually answered another question I was going to ask you, yeah. which was uh, I knew the script was on the blacklist. And I was going to ask how much the script changed. So obviously it changed where, you know, they're taking out Sammy, they're throwing in a dog. Right. But then when you're coming back to Daily Wire, does it basically revert to what it was? Were there any changes after that? You know, it's interesting. I don't think I, I'm not one to sit around and, and complain about uh, things I don't get credit for, although I think that list is long <laughs> and, and distinguished. Um, I don't think I get enough credit for the, the amount of times I've shot the original draft. It's, it's so often, it's more times I've shot the original draft that came out of the writer's email than I have shot a draft that, that, was, that was changed in, in, in pre-production or developed. That's right? incredible. So Bone Tomahawk, Brawl in Cell Block 99, Dragged Across Concrete, certainly the Zoller movies, Standoff at Sparrow Creek, Run, Hide, Fight, um, you know, uh, even South of Heaven, some of these other movies, I mean, everything... And this one, too, we went right back to the script that I read that afternoon in December 2018 and shot it verbatim. That's amazing. So why is that, though? Like, is there something in the original script you're like, I love this and this is what I want people to see? There's a level of that. Uh, To expand on that, though, uh, my I'm always at the pursuit of pure, genuine authenticity, right? I'm also in pursuit of supporting the original creator to to an extent that I don't think most people would go that far. I got to trust that that writer, Melanie Toast, sat there in her house at the time and did enough work on the script herself so that when she was ready to upload it to that website, The Blacklist, that, it, that she herself had vetted it a number of times and loved it enough to let it go out into the world. Now, there are certainly a million examples. Nine out of 10 scripts that I read aren't ready yet, or they're just not, they're never going to be good enough. Um, but when you know someone, when you, when you open that script and you start to read those first, first few pages and you're like, something's going on here. This is different and special. Uh, I, I'm engaging with this in a level that I'm not engaging with most scripts. You tend to trust the original writer. So that's what it is. It, it's a, it's a, it's my, it's my way of celebrating the original voice and trying to keep it as creatively unfiltered as possible. 
I, I think that's commendable as a producer. Uh, I also want to ask, because obviously this was a project you were involved in before, Run, Hide, Fight was something that was produced, and I, I think it premiered at Venice. And these next two projects with Gina Carano, yeah. you have these very genre-heavy films, and they, and you also have female leads, which I think almost kind of uh, hurts the yeah. brains of critics a little bit more who <laughs> want to sort of be like Daily Wire movies. You know, there's yeah. going to be religious nonsense or whatever, and that's not what's happening. Right. But I am curious with these films. They are all sort of, uh, you know, harder R sort of throwbacks to 70s yeah. films like your films, and they all have female protagonists. So I'm curious going forward with Daily Wire, what's your mission with these movies? Yeah, well, you're 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 right to point that out. Um, uh, the 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 reason for these movies, uh, Run, Hide, Fight, Tear on the Prairie, uh, you know, Shut In being female leads is only by coincidence. Um, right, right. It just happens to be that those were the scripts that we liked at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a little to do with what's coming out of the screenwriting community at the time. It's very female lead heavy. Certainly that's a response to the current zeitgeist in Hollywood and things like that, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? Like, those are three movies we wanted to make. I'm very proud of them. We'll make a dude movie soon. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> a, dude, a dude lead soon, but that wasn't by design. Um, <clears throat> that said, it is fun. Anytime I can sort of poke the bear or do sort of a clever, uh, you know, uh, uh, a thing that, that sort of, you know, flies in the face of Hollywood's, uh, you know, rules and, 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 and things that they dictate, I think is always great. Um, but in terms of Daily Wire, Look, they want to they want to push the boundaries. They don't want to be uh, they don't want to try and, 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 and make the pure flicks movies, the Hallmark movies. And those do really, really well. So this is a more challenging venture in many ways, because a lot of times my movies sort of, uh, you know, divide audiences and um, Hallmark, you can kind of rally around. It's right. easy to pinpoint what the audience is. So this is more challenging. It's going to take a while, but you're also right. I love the 1970s American <laughs> cinema, right? right. I am clearly inspired by it. And in many ways, I feel uh, responsible for taking up the mantle of Robert Evans, the great studio head who uh, ran Paramount in the 70s and produced several of those movies. So there, there's a level of that for sure. Um, so it's a confluence of all of that. In terms of Daily Wire, we do have to uh, make more, right? When we make more, the, oh, you've made three female lead movies will dissipate because there will be more product. So it's just going to take time. Um, I'd love to bring back Canon films type type movies. Oh, I'd yes. lo- I'd, I want to make a comedy. I really want to make a faith-based movie. Mm-hmm. But imagine a faith-based movie in sort of a bonfire legend style, right? Like the, you know, imagine like a, like what would John Hughes movies look like if they were faith-based? What would, uh, what would stand by me look like? Um, You know, there, there can be a faith-based movie with a dead body at the end, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be nothing against pure flicks. Those, those movies serve a, a great purpose in our, in our community and certainly in the, in the conservative Christian culture, but um, those are not my specific interests. Although a faith-based movie would be fascinating. What would that look like coming out of, you know, a producer like myself? Well, that makes me think of that Mel Gibson, World War II movie. What was that? 
Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw yeah. Ridge, because that's a faith-based yeah. movie, but it, it's a great sure. movie. It's a war yeah. flick. Yep. Well, I mean, and what is a faith-based movie? What 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 makes or or breaks a faith-based movie? What 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 dictates a faith-based movie? Brawl in Subblock 99 has tons of faith elements in it. Shut-in has tons of faith elements yeah, in it. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot more than even some of my previous movies. Um, uh, Run, Hide, Fight has that really uh, intriguing faith-based moment right in the middle uh, where they talk about free will uh, uh, between one of the kidnapped girls and the main villain. So mm-hmm. there's there's tons. Um, there, there's a faith element to... Um, uh, terror on the prairie. So I, I think I think you, you'll see it quietly uh, throughout, you know, many of my movies. But um, but but yeah, that, that's an evolution I'm excited about. And, and Daily Wire will build. We're going to make more stuff. We're on a roll. We're going to get into series soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of fun stuff going on. So I think this is just getting started. You know, this is this is this is the early days. Well, and, uh, you know, you're talking about Daily Wire's making such a big uh, splash in the culture. One of the things we were talking about before uh, we came on with you, I mean, you're kind of seeing what we talked about last time when we were talking about Run, Hide, Fight. You made a bit of a prediction, which was, you know, that was when the whole Gina Carano thing was going on. You were saying, you know, these companies are reaching a point where they have no choice. They have to sort of cater to a certain audience. And we're right. seeing that with Joe Rogan and the the Spotify deal now. Yeah, I mean Joe Rogan in the Spotify thing it's crazy because yeah. really with the the cancel culture the first person they went after was Alex Jones, someone who was extreme. Right. Then right. it moved towards Trump who was someone, you know, arguably right of center which most people yes. disagree with. Yeah. And now it's Joe Rogan who is yeah. center. Yes. What are your predictions for for the Joe Rogan Spotify situation. Well, I, I, I worry, I worry about it because I see uh, the, the influencer voices on the right starting to say pretty vocally out loud that he shouldn't have made those two apology videos. Right. And I understand. I mean, I, I, I know what it's like to get attacked. I know what it's like to, to feel the pressure of responding to certain things and all that kind of stuff. I know what it's like to, to, you know, be treated unfairly in the press. Everyone, everyone who does what I do at this point is, is, is probably used to it. So, you know, we, we all know it and, and he, he's as good as anybody else. I really kind of liked his two uh, response videos, but I, I really, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm ready for this whole culture thing to sort of make a decision, right? right. Are we just gonna, are we just gonna yell at each other till the end of time? Are we going to do something about it? Right. And, and, that, and that can look like a million things, but, it, but it, I'm, I'm ready to accelerate to the, to the finish line here and start, start a process. I have advocated very strongly for parallel economies. In many ways, I think parallel economies are the solution to us not ending up fighting each other internally, even civilly. Right. I think it's the only way forward in many ways. We have a certain set of rules. They have a certain set of rules. Um, we have a certain set of uh, cultures. They they have their own. I mean, even Ron Perlman said it out loud on Twitter uh, right. yesterday or the day before. And and, and so you're know, you're starting to hear people talk about it. But 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 the parallel economies thing is simply uh, a, a a cultural divorce, right? It, it's to say uh, I hate you and you hate me. That's okay. Um, we can't get along. There's no unity. There's no 
coming together. There's no compromise. So just, you know, let's go over to our corner. You'll go over to your corner. Maybe that's, maybe that's just healthier. Maybe divorce is healthier. I don't know the answer. I'm not a politician, but from a culture perspective, I'll tell you this. Uh, I am so happy every time I walk into that Daily Wire audience, uh, uh, Daily Wire office, and I engage with those people. It is everything I ever wanted out of Hollywood, right? Being treated with respect, understanding when you make a mistake and, 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 and real forgiveness. Everyone's got a sort of a, 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 a real conservative sensibility. They don't want to cancel you, all this kind of stuff. It's terrific. It feels, you know, you can, you can ask for real forgiveness and be, and be forgiven. And all the Christian, you know, the Judeo-Christian principles um, exist so strongly in the culture of that office and in that company. And it translates into the audience. The audience is the same way. So we took a long time to make the Gina Carano movie, probably too long, but they were understanding of our situation. And so, you know, when we make these movies, um, you know, this is our way of saying, thank you for your support. We understand and stand by you uh, when you are having your own troubles at your office because they're forcing vaccine mandates or your kids are still masked in school in Virginia. We understand you, 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 you need someone to uh, stand beside you as a, as a company um, and as a, as a cultural uh, sort of creator. And, uh, and, that, and that's an important step in all of this. The movies themselves are not political by any nature. The right. company Daily Wire is quite political, and um, and and I've spoken openly about my conservative views for years now. No one's no one's confused about that. So this is such an opportunity, really, to uh, to 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 say thank you to a an audience that it that that feels completely left behind by Hollywood. I. I and that's why I always tell you you're doing uh, you're doing the Lord's work. And uh, I guess on that point, I, I want to wrap up with two points I have to make to you. Two yeah. positive cultural changes you've done, which one, you brought back Vincent Gallo. <laughs> so now that you but I, I have to tell you, you have some responsibility now because to someone like me, you brought him back. You gave me a taste. Uh-huh. You can't just have me go cold turkey again. So, yeah. Put him in another movie. Well, he's, he, he's got that he, movie he directed. Maybe let's do something with he, it. Let's give he, me something. He, he did call me the other day and pitch me a, a movie idea. So it's perfect. It's swirling I'll around invest. his brain, you know. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a bit, very busy person. He's got a lot of, uh, of uh, you know, very uh, popular friends in Hollywood. So I think, I, think he'll, uh, I think he'll make another movie again. I hope so. And uh, I, I got to ask you about, another one of your stable of characters you have as a man and as a film goer, I have to ask, ask Craig Zoller, what's going on? Yeah. Where is well, he? So, so Zoller uh, uh, put out a comic book in 2019, which I don't know if you know, like uh, drawing and, 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 and an entire comic book takes months, right? He didn't have any help. There was no computers. It was all hand drawn. So he does all of this in the year leading up to COVID, right? <laughs> it's like, of course, it's like, you know, so just the timing, you know, it was what it was. So, so you basically had, uh, uh, you know, dragged across concrete, get made, uh, come out. Lionsgate took their time uh, releasing it. It was a, it was sort of a challenged relationship between all of us. Right. So then he goes and does his comic book, his first comic book. 
Uh, I'm pleased to say he has a second comic book uh, in the works, which is awesome. Um, he, he has to get back in the director's chair. Uh, you know, I um, am, am all in with the Daily Wire. So, you know, whether that means that uh, he'll come and join me one day, I, I don't know. For now, uh, you know, I want what's best for him. Um, and, I, and I'm there 100% for him if and when he's ready to direct again. We have a ton of projects together. He's got a lot of uh, great ideas and great scripts. The world is stacked against him right now, his type of movies right, um, right. and the budgets he wants to play at and stuff like that. So um, I can't tell you exactly what, what will be next, uh, but he's doing great. Um, he's in great spirits. He's ready to get back to work. And um, I'm always in his corner if uh, if I can be. Well, and, uh, now that you you said that about both of them, I mean, there's a perfect solution. Just Vincent Gallo <laughs> in an S. Craig Zoller movie. Yeah, Boom. they are they are they are big fans of each other, uh, well, and good. I'm happy That's to introduce be. them. <laughs> That'd be a, if if that conversation happens, you have to record that and just release that as the film. I'm sure well, that would be know, entertaining. Keep in, mind, I, keep in mind, they met on Bone Tomahawk, and I sat there and right. watched the two of them interact. That's incredible. So that was, that was That's awesome. incredible. <laughs> well, well, Dallas, we. We love the movie. Um, Thank you. And again, I can't wait to, to see what comes next. Terror yeah. on the Prairie, I know, is coming up. So I can't wait to to, to see that. And I hope I yeah. talk to you again then. We well, love so it. Our, we're, we're big supporters. Yeah. So, so I'll just end by saying on, on, on Thursday night, this, this coming week, uh, mm -hmm. this Thursday, uh, we are putting Shut In on YouTube for free as a promotional activity uh, Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Mm -hmm. um, so come watch it. If you're not a Daily Wire subscriber, you can watch it for free. I encourage you to uh, sign up for Daily Wire. If you like the movie, we're going to have more of that. Uh, Terror on the Prairie will be um, a little bit of footage will be shown on the movie, a little teaser. And then there's another movie that we just acquired that I didn't produce, but I helped them buy. So we're going to play a trailer for that. Oh, great. So there's tons of stuff going on and documentaries and all kinds of stuff. So uh, Daily Wire is such an important company to support. And uh, obviously I went all in on them. So um, if you like my movies, that's where they're going to be for, for quite a while now. Perfect. We can't wait. We can't wait. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate yes. the time. Dallas, yeah, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it.